Welcome to episode two of the UVM Career Center podcast. My name is Brian Park, and I'm a career counselor and co-leader of the STEM Interest Group. This season, we are focusing on careers in science. During each episode, you'll hear from three to four alums working in different science fields. I had a chance to speak with a number of alums about many different topics, including getting experience, searching for a job, networking, discovering their passion, navigating fear of failure, interviewing, and their advice on choosing a career path. To build on the previous episode about getting experience, we have input from four alums about tips for a successful job search. Up first is Meredith Finn, class of 2008. Listen as she shares her own job search journey post-PhD and her advice for those interested in research-oriented opportunities. Meredith, I'd like you to comment on what you uh, about your um, job search, uh, specifically sort of what how you viewed it. Um, maybe you, how did you how did you get to where you're at right now? Yeah, so the job search for a postdoctoral position is a little different. Uh, instead of looking for listings, which certainly there are those out there. Um, for example, I like microbiology. I'm in that field, so ASM, the American Society for Microbiology, has a job board with postdoctoral listings. But also, you can kind of just cold email or cold call people um, who are doing research that you're interested in, uh, which is basically what I did when I was nearing the end of my PhD. I looked, I wanted to be in the Boston area, so I looked at research institutes in the Boston area and who was doing research and what they were researching. And if they were doing something that I thought was interesting, I just kind of sent them an email saying, hey, I'm wrapping up my, my PhD. This is what I've done. Uh, I really am interested in this aspect of your lab and would love the opportunity to meet with you and talk about any possibilities to, to join your, your lab. Very cool. And postdocs, do, do they traffic and research solely? So it's an interesting position. It's kind of a choose your own adventure of a job. So I started out just doing research, uh, but now I'm also doing some teaching as well. Uh, Simmons University is very close to Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, There is an adjunct position open, so I wanted to try some teaching. Uh, so I'm teaching a couple microbiology classes there. Uh, so it's if you're interested in teaching, you can certainly start to shift your career in that direction. I have friends who have made the jump to biotechnology from their postdoc position. Oh, wow. So it's really, you know, it's a good place to gain more experience and more knowledge and figure out what you want to do long term. Do you feel like you're getting there a little bit? I definitely do, yeah. My teaching experience has been a lot of fun, and it uh, may hopefully open the door to something more permanent in the future. Gotcha. And um, aside from, obviously, you, you mentioned that there are associations like the Micro, is the, is the Microbiology Association? ASM, yeah. The ASM. Association, uh, <laughs> the American Society of Microbiology. Yes. yes. And there's a lot of um, other associations, of course, based on different science oh, disciplines. Oh, definitely. Yes. Uh, basically, any discipline, you'll find a, a major association affiliated with it. And of course, you mentioned um, different uh Places like teaching hospitals, um, which is, you said Boston Jones Hospital is one of them. Are there ways to, any other sort of keywords people might be, uh, should be attuned to, maybe either by Googling or through any newsletters they get around um, opportunities? Um, If you want to do research, definitely have that word in there. if you should definitely highlight whatever your academic level is. For example, if you have a PhD, you're looking for a postdoctoral research position. Uh, if you have yet to get your PhD, you'd be looking for something more of a research technician or a mm. predoctoral 
research uh, position. And pre-doctoral, I'm guessing that w- is that more for like maybe mass p- uh, masters uh, pre- pre-doctoral or what was that defined it's as? It's a lot of times it's people who uh, when they graduate from undergrad, they're not sure they want to go to grad school. It is a big commitment um, and they maybe don't have a lot of research experience. They aren't sure that that's the path they want to follow. So it's a good, usually about two years uh, a commitment to do some research at the bench, get a feel for it, and then decide, do I want to go to grad school from here or do I maybe want to shift my career focus and go somewhere else? Awesome. That was excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Up next is Mariel Malling, class of 2011. You'll hear about her unique career pathway, including how her work in marketing connects to STEM and the way she tells her own story on her resume and with recruiters. I want you to comment on your experiences job searching in the science fields. You've had a, you've had a very eclectic uh, career yeah. path. Yeah, um, the science field is so broad and unique that there's a lot of different opportunities. I, I had a unique conversation today, not only with you, but then actually a coworker who was a bench scientist for a she was a chemist mm. and now she does market analytics and research. So there's so many paths that you can take once you're in one of these companies and there's so many unique opportunities in the sense that your your eyes kind of open to all the things that there are. So just because I'm in marketing doesn't mean I don't get to have, you know, scientific interactions with doctors or that I don't get to talk to any of our researchers about what they're finding and what they're working on. There's a lot of opportunities. So in my job search, I, you know, I took a unique path. I've, I've tried to outline my resume to give myself the qualities in which a company like Shire would want to hire me. And I think I've done a fairly good job at it. Um, obviously there's always room for improvement, but it's just trying to find, you know, the right qualities in which will make you excel and then pulling on that past experience. So when I look for jobs, um, it's really about networking with the right people and, you know, looking to recruiters and seeing what's going on because, they're looking to hire people. And right now, if you're looking at the job market, there aren't enough qualified candidates. Mm-hmm. So you're in a good place to get a job. Yep. It's a good area. And even on LinkedIn, you mentioned that recruiters are uh, throughout the entire website. Mm-hmm. And you might, you might even recommend. Yeah, I would definitely recruit, like uh, connect with them. They're, they're never, I've never been declined by a recruiter. Mm-hmm. They always want to grow their network because they get paid on that. They, they have to. And mm-hmm. so even if you might not be the exact fit for someone they're looking for, they're in, you're now in their network. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people, like, if you want to apply to a company, put your resume on that site. Go into that company. They all have their own little website that they work with where in which you put input your resume and your abilities and the different career paths you've had where you went to school, all those things, because it's all keyword searched and they'll be able to find you. And then it's already there. So you might get a call out of the blue just yeah. because you did a couple minutes of work two years ago sure and it's not even out of the realm of possibility to have uh maybe even reach out to them to say hey here's who i am here's what i'm interested in do you have anything do you know of anything i would definitely encourage that like it shows initiative and they appreciate that you know they work day in and day out like searching resumes and trying to find the right fit and it's nice if someone comes to them being like hey i want this job and i i really want to earn it and you know do you think i'm a good fit if you don't how can i make my resume better do you have any advice they while they might not be the exact expert, mm-hmm. they might be able to provide some advice. Be like, hey, we placed a candidate with these qualities. Maybe that's something that you should work on or something like that. There's there's lots of questions you can ask to kind of hopefully get you in the right direction. Fair. I want to go back to something you said earlier about the um, the chemist who's now a market researcher mm-hmm. you mentioned. So for a, a science major who may be um, worried, I, I personally could imagine some people thinking, well, I studied this 
field of science for so long mm -hmm. there's no possible way i can do what you do which is in which is marketing. not at all you have all the necessary skills in which to do that it's just it's what you're interested in mm -hmm. you know what you learn in college will always help you later in life it gives you the building blocks in which you're able to build your career so whatever you took away from bio or organic chem or any of those things like that's important because it's going to give you all those necessary qualities in which you need to understand so this chemist that we're talking about chemist by training phd candidate i she does have her phd wonderful woman so mm -hmm. she reads all these scientific papers and takes away knowing when products are going to launch how well their clinical trials are doing what's the chance that if they published on you know a phase two clinical trial are they going to get to phase three what's that going to look like what's the time frame based on what's happening so you're given all those skills because she has the science background in which to understand what's happening in those articles mm -hmm. and then apply that to the marketplace I i'm not sure her exact career from when she went to chemist into market research i know she's held a number of jobs mm -hmm. but there's there's definitely opportunities and it's it's more about taking your experience and showing someone that you have all the skills there and while you might need to be taught a couple things you're able to quickly adapt and learn it because you have the building blocks there i want to end on uh, one uh, f final question mm -hmm. uh, that surrounds the actual uh, job interview portion mm -hmm. now uh, if there are students who might be thinking well, I want to interview for these positions. However, I haven't done anything mm -hmm. uh, in my college career, or I've maybe done a few clubs. Maybe mm -hmm. I did a job or two, um, but they're not necessarily related to what you're yeah. going for. Well, how would you respond to that student? Everything's relatable. It's all how you sell yourself. The hardest thing anyone ever has to do is sell themselves. The hardest thing we all have to do, like writing a cover letter is one of, I hate mm -hmm. doing it. It's awful. Yeah because you have to actually think about all of your accomplishments and brag about yourself. Quick plug that the Career Center does help with that. Oh, great. It <laughs> but it, it's true. It's, it's when you have to brag about yourself, you're taught at a young age never to brag. Yes. And in a career, you have to. You have to put yourself first and show what qualities you have. Mm -hmm. So as small as something as like you joined a club and you took a full course set and you were on a varsity level team, even if you weren't those things, you still had to manage your time and do well in school. Mm -hmm. So all those little aspects that you might not think are important are very important in self yourself when you're thinking about coming right out of school they know you don't have the experience like you might have had an internship you might have been able to do something which is awesome you mm -hmm. everyone's kind of starting out the same but the things that make you different are your ability to learn so if you mm -hmm. have the qualities they like that you're organized that you're good at time management that you're a great writer any Work of on those teams, things communication exactly yeah. those mm -hmm. are all really important things that we tend to forget about because we just assume everyone else has them. Mm. Not everyone else has those skills. And it's really important that you bring those forward. And as soon as they meet you, they'll see them. But to get that interview phase, you need to really express those skills in your resume and in your cover letter and be front. Like, hey, I might not have that experience, but guess what? I have all these other things. And if given the chance, I can prove that I'm just as good as the other person. Well, what a great note to end on. Thank you very much, Mary. No, thank you, Brian. Next, Gain Robinson, class of 2012, shares information about his work with Merck Research Labs in preclinical drug research. Just a quick note that we did record this in a public place, so don't mind the background noise. So Gain, what do you do for work? So I am a senior scientist at Merck Research Labs in Boston, and I work in the Department of Translational Biomarkers, so our goal is to use both imaging and molecular biomarkers to better understand preclinical drug uh, programs and how 
drugs that we're developing for diseases like Alzheimer's and, uh, and cancer are um, interacting with uh, preclinical models and getting as much information as possible out of them. Very cool. Thank you very much. Uh, is there anything about the job that uh, you would tell maybe new students? Is it a job that's accessible to someone coming out of uh, undergrad? Yeah, so I think it's, um, it's a job that is relatively specialized, and it's something that I didn't hear that much about when I was at UVM. Um, I was mostly exposed to the grad school track and the med school track, and um, you know that's what a lot of my professors had done, and so that's what they naturally pushed, uh, pushed us towards or told us about. Um, and I kind of had to um, cater the classes I took in things like pharmacology um, and neuroscience to understand, um, you know, alternative tracks like going into an industry research environment. Um, and it is somewhat specialized, um, especially the role that I have where I'm working with imaging using MRI and ultrasound and uh, CT and those kind of modalities, um, but that's not experience I had before I started the job. I was mostly trained up on all that when I started. Sure. So would you say that uh, it's not necessary to have those skill sets before you even apply for those jobs? Is that so? That's what you did, right? What so um, what the skill set that I had developed at UVM was um, working with animal models of learning and memory in uh, John Green's lab in the psychology department, mm -hmm. and so I had. Uh, demonstrated through that that I could um, design and execute uh, study studies and analyze the data, present the results. And um, so that was important when I started interviewing for this job. They asked me, you know, okay, maybe you haven't worked with uh, imaging studies, but have you worked with uh, rodent models of disease? And I could say, yes, I have. And I think that the experience that I have could be translated into, you know, uh, learning, learning more about imaging specific studies. So you just have to understand, uh, you know, how the experiences that you've had show that you can learn new skills and apply things in a different direction. Gotcha. Gain, can you talk to me a little bit about your process when you were job searching in the science field? Sure. So I, I began my senior year uh, starting to think about and look for and apply to entry level research jobs. And my thought process was I wanted to try and get a year or two of experience in the field I thought that I wanted to be in before I went down a path toward more schooling or specific training. And that stemmed from having seen, um, you know, some grad students at UVM who uh, had gone immediately from undergrad into a graduate track and they found themselves, you know, eight years later doing difficult postdocs that they didn't enjoy and questioning what do I what do I do I really want to be doing this and so I wanted to have that experience uh, as early as possible so that I would have that <laughs> make an informed decision about what my uh, my next step would be sure so I began to uh, just simple LinkedIn and Google searches so I would look on LinkedIn and I would find people like my professors and mm -hmm. people who did industry research. And I would just see what were the kinds of things they did when they got out of uh, undergrad. Like, like, did you, did you, you looked up like their CV? Did you ask them or was it sort of just looking at their like? Resumes? Well, I mean, there were, I asked people specifically, some people, but I think that a really good resource is going on LinkedIn and just 
seeing what kinds of jobs people have right out of school and what are their paths. And one thing you notice is people tend to pinball from experience to experience. It's not always so linear uh, that, you know, you have this job and then you take a step up the ladder, step up the ladder, and then you're the director someday. It's people, people are all over the map. Um, and But I think if you know the kind of job you want to end up in or you think you want to end up in, it can be helpful to see the path that other people have taken. And so I started doing that and I noticed that for an entry level industry research job, a lot of people started with a research technician or uh, associate scientist or lab tech Mm -hmm. or research assistant, these kinds of things. And so taking that knowledge, I went to Google and indeed.com and different search engines and I just said, research associate Boston or lab technician Vermont or whatever it was and you end up finding you know tens and hundreds of job postings for these things and they're not all going to necessarily be things that you um, want think you want to do but they can turn into really good learning opportunities even if you say well I don't like this kind of research but I think I like something else and so for me I applied to probably 30 or so um, entry-level jobs spanning cystic fibrosis, neuroscience, mm. uh, the Broad Institute, different hospitals, clinical research positions. I, I mean, I was all over the map. Yeah. And I was relatively discouraged at first because I started what I thought was really early and I was getting no responses back. And the responses I did get were negative. And, mm-hmm. you know, sorry, we don't think we can offer you an interview at this time. But, you know, I kept applying and I ended up finding... Um, one one opportunity called me back. Mm-hmm. I was I remember I was sitting in uh, a lecture my final semester of senior year, and I, I got a missed call from a Boston number, and I listened to my voicemail, and uh, I grabbed my laptop and I hurried out of the classroom, <laughs> and I ended up taking a, a phone interview with the guy who turned into my boss. He's my boss to this day, six oh, and a half years wait, later. Wait, at, at, during that lecture or did you during the lecture don't tell my professor (laughs) yeah I walked I walked out of class and uh and I I pulled up my laptop I googled uh the job posting because it had been a while since I'd applied sure and uh and it was for an imaging scientist position I googled you know what the hell is an imaging scientist and (laughs) no I'm kidding but (laughs) and uh and uh and the phone interview went well the the questions Mm -hmm. were you know not necessarily specific to imaging but it was things like have you worked with animal models of disease and um have you ever uh do you have animal handling experience and I said well actually uh you know in in my lab earlier today I was performing uh, rodent neurosurgeries Mm. and you know so that was really impressive because I uh, the hiring manager said wow okay as an undergrad you've been able to do uh, this kind of research through UVM that's really cool Mm -hmm. and so even though I didn't have the exact specifications of an imaging scientist um, that were in the posting I was able to leverage some of the other experiences I'd had and, and demonstrate that you know I could be an asset to this company because I'm I'm a fast learner. I'm really driven, and uh, and since then I've you know I've been promoted and I've been enjoying my job at um, in this in this group and uh, and it all went from that first phone call in my <laughs> leaving my class <laughs> early. <laughs> so and that's that's me. The process that Gain mentioned of you know doing your research on LinkedIn, finding those keywords, googling them, having you know tenacity the, the the tenacity to keep applying. That's something that I think not many people 
realize. I think that they may have the image of you just call a few places and then that's that's it. But that, it does take a lot of time. Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing to mention too is, and this has to do a little bit with uh, growing your personal network of, of connections, sure. um, is that if you do know somebody, if you have some personal connection to either the hiring manager or somebody in the company, that can be very helpful. And I think, you know, part of why I didn't have much success was because uh, I was kind of just cold calling people. And mm -hmm. uh, I think if you if you have a connection with the company or the opportunity, whatever it is, you can at least guarantee that your resume is going to get read. Sure. It doesn't mean that you get the job because you know somebody and that right. is a misconception. But mm -hmm. um, I think that that is that is why it's so important to maintain your network of connections. And I think UVM is a great place to do that. You know, talk to your professors, talk to even people that you wouldn't associate with getting a job. The first internship experience that I had when I was at UVM came through leveraging a connection on the Frisbee team. Mm. I heard of uh, an internship in Boston because the, the coach of the Frisbee team was a UVM alum and somebody from uh, his year... 10 years earlier had uh, had an opening for an internship at his company and so you know because he was able to say hey is you know this resume looks pretty good um, is this person somebody I'd want to spend 40 hours a week with and you know I was somebody was able to vouch for me um, yeah. because of that connection which you know you would not expect to be the way you end up finding a job yeah I gotta say that's very lucky yeah like, for it sure seemed like almost random in a way <laughs> It is, but that's the thing is that, you know, you never know which interaction you have, which which connection you make is going to end up becoming a job. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a recruiter who you stumble into at a bar. It can be <laughs> somebody on your Frisbee team or yeah. another fellow UVM alum. We have a really strong and growing alumni network, and I think, you know, people are, are always willing to help out people they know have had a similar experience in Burlington. So Yeah, absolutely. Lastly, Acadia Moyersum, class of 2017, shares her job searching experience. She describes the role of networking in her search as she applied to positions ranging from the Peace Corps and clinical research in hospital settings to biotech firms. Just a quick note that we did record this in a public place, so don't mind the background noise. So Acadia, uh, can you talk to me a little bit about what it was like to job search in the science field? Absolutely, yeah. So actually, uh, my senior year, I applied for a Fulbright um, in the Peace Corps. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't get the Fulbright, but I got accepted to the Peace Corps, but I wasn't totally sure if I really wanted to do that. Sure. Um, I got a little cold feet. So I started searching about January, February of my senior year. Mm -hmm. um, having been a little lost, it's kind of, I found that it's hard um, to find. It was hard to find internships through school yeah. uh, in undergraduate just because... The sciences they require so many, ex so much experience. Sure. So, I did undergraduate research for two years in a lab. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, with who? Um, Dawei Lee. Okay. And I was in his lab, which was an amazing experience. Um, and so I was really glad that I was able to talk about that. And I did a thesis in his lab, so that was um, great to put on my resume. Yeah. Um, I started mostly with LinkedIn, just seeing. I knew I wanted to live in Boston. I grew up outside of Boston, um, and I started. I knew Dana Farber was in. A great hospital with cancer research so I started applying there mm -hmm. um, Boston Children's Hospital always interested me yeah. and I actually knew a nurse in the cardiovascular department there oh, nice. and she passed along my resume 
to her friend who was in the recruiting part of the children's hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And I interviewed for a position there and actually happened to be my boss was um, a UVM alum. She went to UVM undergrad and medical school. Yeah. Um, And I kept applying to others jobs um, at biotech firms in Mm -hmm. Cambridge and around Boston, um, but got two interviews at Children's Mm -hmm. and I got offered the position. and I was wasn't totally sure. I didn't know anything about cardiovascular research or clinical research. Yeah. Um. So it was going to be a totally different territory, and I was really interested in pursuing cancer research. But I decided to jump on it since I didn't really get another bite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was just it was hard. It was just a totally different experience of being in school. Whereas in school you're used to having classes to choose from, and usually you get into most of them, and yeah. that's how you go about it. So it was a little nerve wracking to send out like so many resumes and not hearing back from anything. Yeah, how many how many uh, resumes do you think you sent out in total? First job application probably 100. A hundred not, not kidding. That's not even you're being literal. Yeah, you're, literally. Wow. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, that must have been really uh, frustrating not to hear back from Yeah. a lot 90, and 98 of them or Most of them, yeah. I think probably maybe 5% I heard back from. So 5%. It's discouraging to just not hear back at all, but <laughs> Um, it was an amazing opportunity that I, I'm so glad I got a job and it started right when graduation and it ended. Yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about, um, so you said before that it was, it was a very, a quite a different, uh, thing. You were going for something you've never done before. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing some people might, and especially in the sciences, there's probably not a lot of opportunity to be so technically proficient in very, cause I think in the science fields, there's very niche things that you need to, that you could potentially, um, uh, you might need to know. Absolutely. Um, and there's also general skills that hopefully you can still apply to any science job. Right. How did you kind of contend with those? Two? Yeah, it was hard. It was a lot of them. Some of the skills were like specific techniques and lab skills, which I had gained in a lot of my labs in college. Gotcha. Um, but it's also working in a lab now. I realize it's hard to learn something in a lab in a three-hour lab once a week. Yeah. The skills, whereas now I'm doing some skills every day, and I feel like I'm much more proficient in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of it's marketing yourself what you have to do, which yeah. is hard. I went to the career center a lot just oh, yeah. with my resume. I just didn't know how to specifically say like, okay, I've done these skills in my classes, and anyone, any biochem major takes the same classes pretty much. But what is specific about UVM labs that I've gotten experience to? So. Um, Career Center was helpful. It was just marketing and it was just trying to find anything on the job description and writing it in my cover letter saying, yeah, I've had experience with that, which was hard to do. And I think in undergraduate, I was trying to find internships to Mm -hmm. apply to, but a lot of them were most science ones. It's hard to find an internship that takes an undergrad. I think Mm -hmm. that's why... I was a lifeguard for two summers in college, and then I worked in my lab um, that I did my thesis research in yeah. at UVM, which was an amazing experience, and I'm really glad I had that. Yeah, for sure, and it's a good reminder that um, I think that even though, obviously over summers you had no science internships, and yet you have a science uh, position. Yeah. Uh, and, and you would attribute that to both the Career Center helping you and also your undergraduate research experience. Those yes. Those are the two main. Yeah, I yeah. definitely the undergraduate research, because it's anyone can take lab classes and I think and that's a requirement for all lab science any science degrees labs but having applying my knowledge and really focusing in on the lab and being there for two years just gave me this amazing experience and then writing a thesis at the end of it was something really to market myself off of and that's what I talked about in my job interviews 
And it might be difficult for some people to know that you can just ask professors potentially to yes. be in labs. Is that how you did that? Or was that your That's how, yeah, exactly. So, and I actually at the networking event last night, a lot of people were asking like, how do I get in a lab? And mm. it's just emailing and it, the honors college, um, they were, there's a lot of talks and I was very grateful for all the help and the resources that they provided us. Yeah. So, and the Dean kept enforcing that we needed to reach out and find a lab because we needed to start doing research early on in our undergraduate career. But I emailed a few press professors. One professor emailed me back saying, I don't have space in my lab, but I am willing to help you find one. Oh, wow. Um, so it was amazing. And yeah. he was, and I never had him as a professor. He was just willing to meet with me. Um, and I emailed him a few other professors that I was interested in meeting and being in their lab. And um, what resulted was I emailed about 10. I heard from about five or seven and I went and talked with them and I just went off the feel of who I was most interested in working with. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think what the honors college people really say for undergrad research, is not so much about the project that you're interested in, it's the people. Mm. And that I think I was in a bioinformatics lab. I had never done computer science. I had to teach myself everything <laughs> there. And it, but I, the Dawe and um, actually a PhD student who graduated when I was when I graduated he really was my amazing mentor and that was what really pursued me to do research and what yeah. continues to pursue me to do research that's awesome and um, and just a quick note too about that so there isn't there's the four office it's the fellowships opportunities undergraduate research office they yep. do help coach you a little bit as well yes. just as a, for everyone to know oh, yep. and I've heard from professors that really a lot of emails that they get they don't like long-winded ones just like literally a message a t- subject tile that says interested in you know or looking for a lab you know assistant or like looking for some student research and then a quick like hey my name is blank i'm wanna i'm interested in working in your lab can we set up time to talk that's it they just want a quick one action item yes that was yeah i think i sent like it was like two sentences just saying i'm acadia i'm a sophomore biochem in the honors college and i really want to work in your lab like can we meet or something that's awesome i think that's enough yeah i think it and yeah professors are so busy with classes and they have so many students emailing them with questions about their classes that i think that was the perfect way and so many people were so willing to just meet and talk and they said even if they didn't have room in their lab or the money in their lab they were like willing to talk and see what i was interested in yeah absolutely And that will do for this episode. Don't miss the next episode for more information about networking. And don't forget that you can always drop by the Career Center for help as you prepare for a job or internship search. For more information, visit uvm.edu backslash career. Mm-hmm.